I'm Will Young, and I have worked in several different job environments ranging from lawn care to corporate sales. I have graduated from Indiana Wesleyan University with two majors in marketing and administration, and you're listening to Young Blooded, a 10 to 20 minute solo podcast about choosing a career path or way to financial success in multiple avenues of life. Welcome back, Young Bloods, to another episode of the Young Blooded Podcast. Today, we have a solo episode about financial freedom. A little bit stoked, if I'm going to be honest, to uh, give you guys this talk because it's been something I've been trying to achieve for a while. Full disclosure, I am not there yet. However, I do have a plan to get there for myself, and I'm only 25. So, you know, give me some time, and, and maybe uh, in a few years, I will be there. However, it's not an easy thing to accomplish, so we're going to talk about it today because I think it's a good thing to talk about for all of you. And on top of that, you guys think it's a great thing to talk about because you've been voting on it on my LinkedIn polls as the number one uh, topic for the next solo episode. So that's super cool. Um, now, how this episode is kind of going to get laid out is going to take me about 10 to 15 minutes to explain to you um, how to create financial freedom, what I define it as, and kind of the steps to get there um, within any industry. So and also, I'm trying to do it in like a, a low effort uh, low amount of time type of way. However, you know, some of those things are required to reach that goal. So let's go ahead and hop into it. Um, as far as financial freedom is concerned to me, it's kind of a numbers game for everyone, right? Some people want to make a certain amount per year. Some people want to have no hours in the week that they have to work. And for me, that's kind of what it is. So I kind of look at it as buying your time back because for me, money and finances haven't really been anything other than tools for me to get my time and resources that I want. Um, so I'd say the first step in that would be actually to get a full-time job. So let's assume you have no money and no job in this scenario. Uh, first, first thing you would want to do is start a full-time job, getting paid $500 to $1,000 weekly, which would be paid in a biweekly rate of $1,000 to $2,000. Now people say, oh, easy for you to say, you know, you can do a laborious job, blah, blah, blah. but like there are non-labor type jobs that still would pay that much. Um, and even if you can't find that, uh, there's a couple other options you could look at. So you could either try to find something within an industry that would have a small business that you would also start in. For example, I worked at a lawn care company for a while before I started my lawn care business. I've also been working out and worked with personal trainers, and now I've become a personal trainer. So those are things that I do naturally and enjoy naturally anyway, um, like hard work that shows its you know effects right away. And then also personal training is, is exercise, and I'm, I'm really big on exercise. So doing those things that naturally kind of motivate you makes it a lot easier to go to a full-time job, um, which which helps with the sustainability, which is definitely a factor while, while creating financial freedom. Um, if you can't find that even, you'd be able to find a job that takes the least amount of mental stress off of your plate. So for example, I worked a summer job at Lowe's in between high school and college, and the Lowe's summer job did allow me to get an eight-hour payday every day. However, also allowed me to have my afternoons and nights free and mentally free because it doesn't take a lot of mental energy to run the outdoor lawn and garden section at uh, at Lowe's. So I would have a lot of mental energy left when I got home and it, and it freed up my afternoons to kind of hang out with my friends or do something productive. So it was really fun. Um, so I would say if you couldn't find something that pays you a thousand to two thousand dollars biweekly or a business that you're in uh, or that you would like to be in, then do that. However, if you could find all three, it's even better. Um, so second would be to start a monetizable side hustle. So now you have 40 hours a week that you're working to make a thousand to $2,000 every two weeks. Now let's say you're at the lower end of that spectrum at $1,200 every two weeks. So you're only making 600 a week. 
a, a monetizable side hustle would be a really good option for you because you can set an amount of hours per week that you'd like to work on it. For me, it's more like 10. Uh, some people like to do five, six, seven, whatever. So you set the amount of hours you want to do per week and you just spend the first amount of time during the first week just researching what ones you want to try, which ones other people have done, where the success is, where the money is. And you want to be able to make at least $50 per hour. So I would say once you kind of get it up and going after a couple months, have your goal of making $50 per hour. And if you're working an extra five hours per week, that's still 250 bucks. And if you can scale it up to 10, that's an extra 500, which borderline almost replaces your main income at that point. So um, side hustles can be really, really profitable. They just take a little while to get off the ground and some faith and some consistent hard work. However, all of those things aren't out of the realm of possibility for anyone, even if you're poor. So I would say just get after it. And then also don't accept uh, to make money until three to six months of work. This is a huge one just because of the fact that like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm starting this side hustle. So now I'm going to start making money and scale it up. And in two months, I'm a millionaire. No, like that's not really how it works for anyone ever. So I would just say expect to make either no money or a very little amount of money for the first three to six months. And it'll just give you the mindset of longevity and sustainability. Because if you don't have that, you'll make your first little bit of money in your first month. And then like, it will start to either plateau or like taper back down. And you're like, Oh, shoot, what am I doing wrong? And then it's kind of you just have this issue. And you end up stop working or slowly eventually become less motivated to work because of that. And so I would say, go into it with the mindset I'm going to stick with this three, four, five, six months out and set that amount of time before you start. So that way, you know that you have to do it no matter what. And then that will kind of allow you to not think about whether or not you like it and more so think about whether or not this is for you long term. Um, and that's what I've noticed is best when you're starting side hustles, just because that is what makes a successful side hustle is something you can do for a long time, not necessarily something that makes money right away or quickly. Um, next, I would leverage your network in that field. So let's say for me, I'm doing personal training, right? That's my side hustle right now, in addition to working at a regular gym. So I'm kind of following my own advice. But while I'm doing that, I'm doing this personal training, right? Um, I leverage my network within that field. So I have some friends from college that that went into athletic training. Um, I have some friends in college that went into nutrition. And like, I offer both of those type of things within my programs, right? So I reach out to those people, yo, hey, Haley, yo, hey, uh, Ben, can, can we talk a little bit about this? Because this is going to help me, you know, create a better sustainable model for my business. And, it, and I wouldn't be able to know a lot of the things within the industry without asking their specific knowledge from four years of education. Like, it's a really cool thing. And a lot of people want to help out because they want to provide value. Like, that's a cool thing for a human to do, including, you know, selfish people. So if you ask someone to, to give you some information about something for your added benefit and for you to make a side hustle out of it, and you actually are planning on doing it, there's a very low chance that person's going to just tell you to screw off. So I would say just go ahead and get after it and do it there too, right? And a lot of this stuff is about like having the mentality of like a closed mouth doesn't get fed, right? You just got to get, just keep doing things and you're not going to get fed every time, but you'll figure out a way to find some food. Um, next, I would say cut out spending that isn't an investment, right? This is a huge one that just plagues my, my generation, in my opinion. Um, and starting off with streaming services, that just waxes your account every week. I mean, uh, let's just think about monthly streaming services, right? You have Netflix, HBO, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus. That together is like $50 to $60 right there. And that's a lot of people I know, like personal friends that I know have all of those streaming services. And I'm like, man, I mean, I get that you want to have some, some entertainment and you can't just be working all the time. But like, 
if there was something that you were paying for, that's the least productive thing that you could do, it would probably be streaming services. Because what are you doing when you're watching a streaming show? You're sitting on the couch doing nothing else, most likely, or you're trying to focus your attention on something else. And it's not really working. So like, I'm not going out of my way to just scroll through what movies I have the option of watching today. And so because I'm not thinking about that, it really helps me stay focused and dialed on the right things like thinking about investments and getting excited about productive things after work, even if they aren't money related, like like working out or going to hang out with friends and doing those specific things as opposed to just being content sitting on the couch and watching whatever streaming service and paying for that the electricity, the TV and the couch that I'm sitting on. So in, in exchange for those streaming services, I would just say, try to find something a little more productive that you could do after work that doesn't have to be career related. But anyway, I, I went on a little tangent there. So we'll go ahead and skip to the next one. Um, house, car, phone bill and gas bill. In, in my opinion, these are all kind of like recurring monthly payments that can be reduced if you find the right options, right? There's like a lot of options for like renting right now that are all pretty high, but I'm sure you could find a deal somewhere. Um, along with cars, I would say, to, you know, being able to buy a used car or buy a car that you can make payments on for a couple months, as opposed to two or three years is really going to save you some time, money, energy, motivation, and stress. Uh, phone bill and gas, like there's so many companies out there now that can like allow you to really cut back on spending with those two. So I would just do some price matching, right? Like see what you have now, price match it with a lot of the competitors and just see if like you can save some money monthly there. Because if you save $10 a month, that's $120 a year. And if you do it for a phone bill that changes to something that you would have already had anyway, you're literally changing nothing about your life except for the fact that you're saving $120 for free. Done. So saving money isn't as exciting as like, oh, I made this, you know, $2,000 today through a stock trade. But if you were to save $2,000 on a car that you purchased because of a negotiation tactic that you learned on the Young Blooded podcast, <laughs> you'd be pretty excited about it. So I would just say, think about saving money because although it isn't as exciting, it's still making money in reverse, in my opinion. Um, and then I guess the last thing I'd have for that is just like with a house, guys, don't let yourself fall victim to the excuse that a house is an investment. Like I see so many people that are uneducated in the financial space tell me this, like, like in like verbatim, they're like, oh no, man, I have a house and I've just been putting money into that. You know, I'm really investing in real estate right now. I'm like, oh, you're investing in real estate. That's super cool. What other houses do you have? Like, no, 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 no. Like the place that I live at. And I'm like, yeah, that's not an investment in real estate. Like you can't classify that because you're paying for it every month. You're living there. And unless you're house hacking, no one's really giving you any money back to live there. So you're just kind of building equity that you can't use until you have to sell it because you're still living there. <laughs> so it's like, unless you're kind of, prepping it up and getting it really, really nice so that you can do Airbnbs because you travel a lot or some rare scenario like house hacking, you're, you're not, a house isn't an investment. So don't classify it as that and don't waste your own mental energy thinking that's what it is because you should spend that same energy trying to find an actual investment that's a vehicle that's going to make you more money later on. So that's what I would say about that. Now, as far as motivation for these things, because I know like I can sit here and talk about it all I want, but it's really difficult for people, including myself, to actually like go do these things and like eliminate streaming services and like price match and change stuff or switch your insurance over. Like all that stuff's confusing and annoying and like people don't want to do it. So like what I would say for the motivation factor is track all of your expenses for one month with no intention of changing anything. So like don't even think I'm going to change anything about my expenses, income, nothing. But all I'm going to do is track every single cent that goes in and out of my personal banking account or wherever all my money is held, right? If it's in a joint account or business partnership, whatever. So that way, because of that, 
you were A, looking at your bank account every single day and either knowing that you're broke so you're getting pumped to go find money <laughs> or you know you have some money to work with and you know where you can invest it properly. And uh, the third thing I would say is you're also really knowledgeable about where your money is going and where it's coming from, which allows you to make the best decisions possible in the future to either relieve the money that you're spending each month or make more money through other business ventures. Now, a lot of this stuff, guys, is really simple and like, overgeneralized, right? Because I have to kind of speak in the terms of like multiple industries, but you kind of get what I'm, what I'm getting at, right? A consistent amount of hours tracking your expenses and providing yourself with 40 hours worth of paid week, weekly labor, which is really free to find right now. Um, all three of those things are going to get you really far towards the point of financial freedom. Now, after all of those things happen, you're still kind of in this situation where you have a full-time job, a side hustle you're working on, and almost no personal self-fun from your streaming services anymore. So now you're kind of in a sticky wicket because you're doing a lot of work and you're not having a lot of fun. So this is when it gets cool because you can actually start to taper back the hours that you're working while maintaining the amount of income. So when you have your side hustle going and when you have your main gig going, at some point your side hustle is going to start making more money than your main gig. Now that is going to, to change a few things about your side hustle and the fact that it's actually going to raise your side hustle to about 20 hours of week or more, I would say, because of the fact that you're scaling it up financially. And so for me, in an example for personal training, I would, if I were to scale up my side hustle to take, to make $750 per week, I would need 15 clients at $50 per hour um, every single week. And that would make $750 or be able to replace my main income, right? At a 15 hour clip with an additional five hours that I've counted for adding lead funnel type stuff, as well as like replacing any potential customers that I've lost and, you know, making sure that they're paying and making sure that I have a sustainable website and, and all of that good stuff and making sure those things are on top of it, I would say would take four to five hours per week in addition to the 15 that I'm teaching the clients. So that would make me $750 per week at a 20 hour clip. And after those 20 hours, I know that I don't need to work my extra 40 at my regular job because my side hustle is making more. So because of that, I'd be able to drop my main hustle. And in, in my opinion, if you're making anywhere close to $5,000 a month, four, four, 4,500 would even be adequate. Um, and you're single and don't have like a bunch of responsibilities or debt, I'd say you're probably fine to kind of switch over to that main side hustle. Um, now, if you want to buy the rest of your time back and that side hustle really isn't super exciting for you anymore, I would say wait until you're making about 6K a month, um, maybe even seven, but then you could potentially bring on like an intern or a guy that you're looking to train long-term. Um, and I would choose one of those two, either do an intern where it's like a two or three month thing and he knows he's done after those three months or try to find a really quality guy and train him for the long run. But either way, you'd only need to train, manage and deal with one person that can do that 20 hours per week. And then you have effectively bought back your entire week. You don't have to work a full-time job. You don't even have to work your side hustle. You just have to manage this person roughly three to five hours per week to make your 750 to $1,000 per week through your side hustle. And you have the entire week other than those three to five hours to work on whatever you're truly passionate about, even if it's not making you money. So this is the plan that I've used to kind of map my way to financial freedom and, and quite honestly, I'm closer than I've ever have been. So although that is true, it's, it's also very exciting and I'm really pumped about it, but I'm also super pumped for anyone that uses this advice and this rubric to kind of begin to make their own financial plan. 
because it's not me. I'm not sitting here doing this episode really excited about, you know, how much knowledge I'm giving or how how wise I am in this subject. Because in, in all honesty, like I'm still learning this stuff too as I go because I, I haven't completed it yet, right? But from the people that I've listened to that have achieved financial freedom and a lot of the ones I've interviewed on this podcast or listened to their YouTube videos for the past four years, like a lot of times those type of people say that it just takes the consistent work of getting it done and making sure that you have a plan and making sure that you have a target that you're shooting at because if not, you're probably not gonna hit it. So just go for it. Make sure you stick to your plan and kind of tweak it, pivot as you go. Um, and that's that's really all I have for you guys. But I, as well, I would like to do a quick shout out to Jeffrey Finnegal, who was my roommate in college. Tough little guy, you know. I wouldn't fight him, if I'm being honest. But uh, at the same time, he did shout me out last time I dropped a solo episode and said, you know, this is a, this is a pretty cool thing you're doing. I really like these solo episodes and, and I appreciate you making them. So just a quick shout out to Jeffrey for saying those kind words because he's still kind of a cool dude, I guess. So. Um, anyway, young bloods, money in your 20s is knowledge for life. Have a great week and let me know how these solo episodes are helping you out. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Young Blooded Podcast. Now that we are on season two, there is an active newsletter along with a bunch of other giveaways and challenges. This will be happening on my LinkedIn page, which will be linked at the top of every episode for the foreseeable future. Money in your 20s is knowledge for life.